Welcome to the Gridiron Icon Podcast, where we tackle all things American football. Each week, we huddle with players, coaches, and fans at every level of the game to capture all the sights, sounds, and experiences of the gridiron. And now, fresh off the end of the bench, here's your host, Stacy Bauman. Welcome to Gridiron Icon. I am joined by my partner in crime, Andy Sanders. Andy, welcome. Hello, Stace. How are you today? Doing good. Doing good. It's been a busy week in football. Looking yes. forward to talking about a few of our subjects, the things that are of interest to us this week. There's been a lot in the news. Some of it we're going to stay away from. I uh, don't have a lot of interest in even touching on the Deshaun Watson situation. Hope that that plays out in court the way it should and recognize it as a terrible thing. If any of this stuff is true, absolutely terrible. But I think uh, we'll stay away from that. Just want to uh, recognize that that's big news this week in football. But there's a lot of other really good big news in football this week, too, especially as we start to inch our way up to the NFL draft. And I know that you and I have been talking a little bit about the NFL draft, big, big day or series of days in my life every year. I probably love the NFL draft uh, right up there with when my team's in the Super Bowl. I think it is one of the funnest things in football to build a team and an organization. So I know that you and I have been talking a little bit about our sleepers and we've identified some people that we want to talk a little bit about. But in terms of football, uh, what news has caught your eye this week? Um, Sam Darnold. Huge. That pretty much tells you right away who uh, the Jets are now taking for sure. So, <laughs> yeah, that's really cleaned up that front part of the NFL draft, hasn't it? I, all of the rumors now at this point are Luke Wilson out of BYU. What an incredible pro day. And he really reminds me a lot of a Brett Farvish uh, type gunslinger. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Robert Sala's staff does up there in New York with him and surround him with talent. Yeah, Sam Darnold news, just shifting to that. Carolina, what do you think this does for his career? For his career? I think it's, it's going to, you know what? Everybody goes to New York, it seems like, to fade away into the sunset. And so I'm, I'm glad to see that he is getting to go someplace that maybe he can show his definite talent. Um, and Carolina doesn't have anything to lose. Really? Yeah, you know, I, think it's, I mean, I think it's a good a quarterback. Move. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think it's a good move. I think it's a good move. Um, I think it gives him an opportunity to get into an offense with Matt Rule and just rebuild the whole situation in New York with Adam Gase was a disaster, um, as anyone has seen. It, it goes far beyond Sam Darnold, whether it was Le'Veon Bell or Jamal Adams. The whole thing just fell apart, and Darnold had the talent coming out of USC. I think it's interesting. It's yet we could also spend a few minutes talking about what this means for Teddy Bridgewater as he's now on the market and looking around for a place to play quarterback. So yeah, I in terms of news this week, that was really big news. Sam Darnold. I'm actually very happy for the kid. I think this gives him an opportunity to play in an offense and in a system and with a coaching staff and organization that's going to right the wrongs because when he came out of USC, that kid had immense talent to see yes. what has and hasn't happened in New York has been a real bummer. 
So I'm excited for him. I agree with you. I think it also cleans up the front end of the draft and what's going to happen there with the quarterbacks. And it's going to be a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you, you can pretty much guarantee Trevor Lawrence is going number one. That's a that's a given. Zach going to Jets. The big one now is San Francisco at three. Where do they go? You got Mac Jones. You have Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Um, I mean, where do you see where do you see San Francisco going with that? You know, that to me is the biggest story of the week. Uh, over the last, it's a little bit more than a week, but. I think that is really the big story at this point. There's a lot of rumors that they like Mac Jones out of Alabama. I'm going to be candid in saying I don't understand that. I, I would be very surprised if they pulled the trigger on Mac Jones at number three when they have Justin Fields, when they have Trey Lance, although I think I put them all in a similar bucket in terms of quarterback. They're the second tier down from the Lawrence and the Wilson, in my opinion. But to pull to to pull a trade like that and to go up to number three to get Mac Jones, I you know if what it feels like to me is what the Bears did when they traded the house to get up to Mitch Trubisky a few <laughs> years ago and, and Patrick Mahomes was still on the board. You know, yeah. it doesn't feel right. I don't get it. I've watched Mac Jones. I don't think that Mac Jones is horrible, and I'm certainly not an NFL scout. But I'd also be lying if I said he doesn't remind me a lot of the guys who came before him, like A.J. McCarron. Like, you know, some of those Alabama quarterbacks who play in a, a really strong system in the SEC – but I don't see them developing into someone that can carry a team in the NFL. So I, I agree with you. I think that was really big news. Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Uh, and is there this strange possibility that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to absolutely pull one over on us and who they really want is Trey Lance. Yeah. It's that's where the draft gets interesting in my opinion. Number three. Yep. Yes. I agree a hundred percent. I, you know, to me, what if Mac Jones was on on a different college team other than Alabama? Would he still get this much, you know, recognition for and and possibly going number three in the draft if he played for Purdue? You know, and nothing against Purdue. I'm just saying that, you know, being in Alabama and the hype, I think that's pushing him more than his his abilities. Really good point. Really good point. If he had been in another system where he didn't have that offensive line, there's two or three of those offensive linemen that are going in the top two rounds, uh, Leatherwood and uh, the center, whose name escapes me at the moment. Yep. Those guys are going high. He had Najee Harris in the backfield. He had Devontae out on, and Waddle um, at yeah. the wide receivers. It, it just, to me, looks like another Alabama quarterback who isn't terrible by any stretch, but could – no. But you could see very easily being a career backup or someone that just is a placeholder till a more dynamic player comes. I personally will yeah. be shocked if the 49ers take Mac Jones. And I'll also be candid as a Rams fan. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. Taking, yeah, no kidding. You're taking a guy who isn't that mobile. He's going to sit in the pocket and Aaron Donald and, and friends are going to tee off on him. Um that is, of course, again, if they move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think anytime you trade up to number three, Jimmy Garoppolo's career there is in jeopardy. I don't care what they're telling the press, that nobody moves up to number three to keep two quarterbacks. 
that's well and 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 what are you gaining by getting rid of Garoppolo and bringing in Mac Jones? You're not you're you're pretty much getting the same kind of a quarterback. Why aren't they thinking about Lance or Fields, a running quarterback, which is where the NFL seems to be going now? You know, why 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 tr- move up like you said, move up to number 3 just to draft a guy you kind of already have? It's a very good point. Uh, that, that's- that's a good point. The only thing I would say about Garoppolo that may change that conversation is that he's they may be looking at him like he's made of glass. I mean, he has been injured a lot in his time with them. And he hasn't he hasn't yeah. been available. So it does make yeah. me wonder. Mac Jones is a is a good sized kid, a solid kid physically. It makes me wonder, but I think your point is spot on. They look almost like the same guy. And if you're looking at the other quarterbacks available on the board at that point. Why wouldn't you take a nice look at Justin Fields, who just recently ran a 4-4-40 at his pro day, and Trey Lance, who yeah. just has a howitzer for an arm? You just start to look at that and go, what is, what is Shanahan and Lynch thinking? And if, is the rumors of Mac Jones just a gigantic smokescreen? Yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting. I mean, the, the the kid comes from Alabama. He has two great wide receivers to throw to. I think you could plug a lot of these guys into that. Could you imagine what the Trey Lance would be if he was there? Really I mean, athletic. Yeah, really athletic. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, I do wonder if this entire storyline is just a smokescreen at this point for the 49ers. I think that's a great story leading up to the draft and everybody's watching it. And then it gets even more interesting because I believe the Falcons are at number four and they're taking yep. phone calls because the other two quarterbacks are going to be sitting there. So yep. the Falcons could be a yep. real player in this draft. Well, there's nothing that says that they shouldn't take quarterback too. Very good point. Very good point. Yep. Matt, Matt Ryan's yeah. definitely towards the twilight of his yeah. career. He could take one yep. of these young guys under very Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers-like, and he could take one of those young studs and take him under his wing. Great point, Andy. Yeah. That's where the draft gets interesting is between four and seven uh, in my yeah. mind because yep. there will be a couple quarterbacks there, and there's some other high-end impact players there. And I believe your favorite guy in the draft – We'll be sitting there yes. right in that range. And we don't typically talk about this position going this high. Not It's not a hard and fast rule, but it's pretty rare. Who's your guy in this draft? Well, who, who am I alluding to? <laughs> my guy in this draft is Mr. Kyle Pitts from Florida, junior tight end. He's 6'6", 246, um, John Mackey Award winner, um, just an amazing talent. He's going in is when he gets drafted in the NFL, he will have the uh, largest wingspan of any NFL player ever at 83, just over 83 inches. And uh, the speed, 4440. Um, last year, 43 receptions, 770 yards, 12 touchdowns, averaging 17 yards a catch. He they they really put him out at the wide receiver position more than he was playing tight end at Florida though. And, uh, and understand why, I mean, the guys are just a freak talent reminds me a lot of, of a Calvin Johnson or a DK Metcalf, a kind of player, tall, speedy. Um, I think he's going to, I think he's going to come into league and, and make an instant impact 
where these quarterbacks that are getting drafted ahead of them, stuff like that, they're going to, it's going to be a couple years, you know, before they turn into something. He can, he is pro ready right now. Plug in, go. Mismatch nightmare. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I've been watching a lot of his tape where available. And to your point, they move him all over the field. He's like the queen chess piece on a chessboard. They can get him up against linebackers. They can get him up against five foot nine corners. They can get him up against safeties. He is a beast. That kid is a player. Some of his catches, particularly on fade routes uh, near the sidelines and in the corner of the end zone were unbelievable catches. And I think he might be the most dynamic player outside your typical quarterback conversation in this draft. A lot of news coming out of Dallas that Jerry Jones is absolutely enamored with him. And, I mean, he's picking at 10. He won't be there. He ain't going to be there at 10 for Jerry. There's no way. They're, They're saying he could go to Atlanta at four. And if that happens, that'll be the highest He'll be tied for the highest drafted tight end in NFL history with uh, Ron Kramer from Green Bay in 1957. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. And there there have been some guys up there high in recent years, not that high, like a Kellen Winslow Jr. Let's not talk about him. Um, uh, TJ Hawkinson, some of the great, really good tight ends that have come out. But yeah, that would be really high. But to you, I think you bring up the greatest point. We call him a tight end, but he's like a Swiss army knife. I mean, this, he is going to be a mismatch nightmare with the right offensive scheme, the right kind of offensive. I mean, I, I hate admitting this, but it's too bad he isn't there for a, a San Francisco as Kittle, but a Kyle Shanahan or a Sean McVay or someone who's going to take him and just create havoc on defense. <laughs> I, I, If I was an NFL head coach, I would actually honestly look at putting him as a wide receiver. He has the speed, the height. He's going to out jump any cornerback in the league, and he's got the power to hit any safety in the league. Um, I, 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 that's what I would do with him. I, I, hey, you got a guy in the NFL or uh, uh, going to the Hall of Fame this year, Calvin Johnson, and he made a career out of his height and his speed. And this kid has every everything that he's got, you know. He's so, unbelievable. No, I, I think you're on it. I don't think yeah. I think you're far from alone as picking him as your gem in this draft. I I just see a good offensive mind being able to move him around and get him loose and free against guys that can't compete with his physicality, his size, his speed. So I no matter I hope he ends up going somewhere that's really good for his career. I've seen a lot of mock drafts getting him to the Bengals. Um, I do think they have a nice scheme up there with Joe Burrow. That's not a bad thing at all. Um, but I, I am curious now with all the smoke coming out of Dallas that doubt that Jerry Jones is absolutely enamored with him. Is, is Jerry Jones going to pull the mind numbingly unbelievable draft trade, give up the farm, move up three, four spots to get Kyle Pitts? Cause Dallas needs tons of defense. They're so miserable on defense and, some of my some of my yeah. favorite picks in this draft are in the defensive backfield. Uh, you your guys, Kyle Pitts. I, I'm going to get to a sleeper here in a minute too, but just along those lines, th- those yeah. picks from four to ten, where Kyle Pitts is definitely going to go, folks. Some somebody may trade up to come get him. Yeah, that's what I see. 
I, I say I don't think he'll go lower than seven. If if he is still there and available for Detroit, they will take him, and because they need a yeah. wide receiver. No, that's I mean, it. they got your boy there. They got to put somebody there to to help him, or or I love the trade. way you're thinking on that. I had the exact same thought. They are definitely going to go offense in Detroit, in my opinion, with the Jared Goff trade and the amount of draft picks that they have upcoming. Um, throwing a wrench in that pick when you go from the Niners at three up to seven with Detroit is there are some unbelievable stud offensive linemen in this draft at the tackle position. So where does Kyle Pitts go? Yes. Where does Panay Sewell go? Um, and then is Detroit sitting there at seven and have a shot at Kyle Pitts? I mean, can you imagine, like you brought up Calvin Johnson, teaming him as the next Megatron in Detroit. I mean, Detroit has TJ Hawkinson at tight end, who's a good football player. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff suddenly yeah. gets two studs, yet, and he's got DeAndre Swift yeah. in the back. Suddenly Detroit, with some good coaching, you're going, good grief, man. Yeah. You know what amazes me, though, about Pitts is they're picking him to go in front of Jamar, Jamar Chase. So good. Uh, Waddle. So good. Um, Smith. I mean, and this guy is getting picked a tight end, getting picked in front of those three wide receivers that could easily plug in and start on any NFL I'm, team. I'm right so now. Ja- so jacked for this draft because those top ten players, offensive linemen, the DBs, which I haven't touched on yet, and the white. You bring up the three wide receivers. Jamar Chase is a stud. Like he is a he's one of the best yes. wide receiver prospects. And that's saying a lot to come out in years. And is Cincinnati going to team Joe Burrow's college teammate and favorite target from his national championship with him on draft day? He's going to be sitting there. That's why that Atlanta, Cincinnati, yep. Detroit piece might be the most interesting yes. in the entire draft. And I think people are going to be shaking and baking to get up. And, and I really like Jalen Waddell. I mean, ugh, he's another one. So. You know, uh, they're talking about Chase going to Miami at six, or I've, I'm hearing that, or Waddle, you know, but that's another interesting thing is Miami's going to start there, and we talked about this last week. They're going to start on their um, next couple of years of, of numerous draft picks, so they could definitely turn themselves around. I could see that team uh, being a 12-4, and 13-3 and three team in yeah. three years from now. If if the coaching and all the things are done right and they pick the correct picks, they could they could definitely I completely take over agree with you. They've got I love what Brian Flores is doing up there. Absolutely love it. And and staying on this draft and your mention of the wide receivers, do they take Jalen Waddle or Devontae and team them back with Tua from their national championship? Yeah, there you there go. There are so many great storylines in this draft. This is one of the most fun and exciting drafts I've had to look forward to in years because it is going to be bonkers on Thursday night, April 29th. There's going to be so much movement, so many storylines, guys that could go back to their college quarterbacks. And then I think looking at what you just mentioned with the wide receivers and those teams in the middle of the top 10, there are going to be 10 to 15-year offensive tackles that slide in this draft because of those wide receivers. There are going to be defensive backs, Patrick Sertan, uh, J.C. Horn, uh, Caleb Farley. 
that are plug-and-play corners on the edge that are going to slide in this draft because there's so there's such a richness with the the four or five quarterbacks and the receivers and and Kyle Pitts just crazy unbelievable yeah. talent no that, that it's uh certain or Satan is it? Sertan. Yep, Patrick. Son of Alabama. Patrick Sertan of yeah. Miami Dolphins. Yep. They're saying uh, you might see him at number ten. Oh, he doesn't to, get uh, past Dallas. Cowboys. If they're still picking at ten, they they've got to take him. Um, he's an impact corner. Their defensive backfield is decimated last year. They couldn't stop a nosebleed, and they they got to go him. But but the guy moving up the horns in the defensive backfield is J.C. Horn, South Carolina, who's by the way, the son of Joe Horn, the receiver yeah. for the Saints. Um, and he's physical and really talented. So those two corners are going to be sitting there. And that's why when you bring up, you know, the wide receivers and the teams that need uh, skill position players and playmakers, you're going to see some of these kinds of studs slide down into the 10 to 20 range. And I think that's where you're going to see people trying to move up, trying to grab one of these guys. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about a sleeper uh, this week for just a few minutes, and I'm going to throw this name out there. It may not be a sleeper for some people at this point, but he is, in my opinion, a guy that I'm keeping an eye on, and that's Quinn Miners, who plays for Division Three Wisconsin Whitewater. Yeah, true sleeper. Can play center or guard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> allegedly as mean as they get. Um, so a kid that could be a plug and play at the center or guard position. And I love my offensive lineman, uh, particularly because my favorite team's looking at offensive line this year, but almost everyone is. This is a guy with first round talent that's going to slide, could even slide into the second round. Although it might be hard to see with the desperate need of almost all NFL teams for offensive guys, but he's a, he's about a six foot three, 320 pound center guard runs a four, nine 40. And it just in 2019 alone, didn't even allow a sack, a hit, or even a pressure. So uh, he absolutely stood out at the senior bowl as a name that's jumping up the boards. And I'm just going to throw that name out for listeners to go research, take a look at some of his tape. I really like this kid as a sleeper in this draft. And I actually like several of the offensive linemen. I tend to geek out on the O-line because I fundamentally believe that's where teams win football games uh, on the line of scrimmage. And this kid's going to be a mean guy. I don't know where he's going to go, but I could see him sneaking in to the top or the back end of the first round uh, as a real talent. He really shined at the Senior Bowl, and he was taking some of those Division One kids and tossing them around. Um, and from and he's just from Little Division Three school. So there's a name yeah. I'll throw out as a sleeper. But I love some of your thoughts on that middle of the first 10 picks round uh, the first round. I think it is going to be unbelievable to watch, but your guy, Kyle Pitts, I, th I think the football world is watching him. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And he even said that uh, he was in combine shape during his pro day. He wasn't even in game shape. He said, 
And what scares me is what's game yeah, shape. That was a great point. I mean, like I said, I, to your point, that kind of talent, I desperately hope he gets with the right coaching staff. He doesn't end up on an Adam Gase's New York jet type situation. Uh, please go. I don't even, yeah, I don't even really the like players him in Atlanta, if I was being candid with you. I don't, I actually love your idea. And of course I like Jared Goff and that's a subject for another day. Um, but I actually love your idea of him going to Detroit because of the coaching staff, Dan Campbell, former tight end himself, bringing in a piece like him. And then uh, with Anthony Lynn as the offensive coordinator, I think that they'd move him around just like he was able to help Justin Herbert move around Mike Williams and Keenan Allen last year. So love your pick. I couldn't agree more, Andy, that that's to me, he's the, he's the queen on the chessboard, you can move him around and just devastate teams. But um, I'll go with my sleeper. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guy Miners out of Wisconsin Whitewater. Little known get Nate. Um, I think those are my guys, and okay. and hopefully over the next couple of weeks leading up to uh, April 29th, you and I can expand on this and talk a little about it, identify just a couple of players that we like and talk a little bit about them leading up to the draft as we move into more of an interview format for Gridiron Icon, where we're bringing on players, coaches, uh, even fans at every level of the game, and we bring them in and, and we chat about them. But I like I like that we're just spending a few, time, a few minutes on the draft. It's draft season, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, great, man. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you joining me this Agreed. week. Uh, we want to encourage everyone – to join us at gridironicon.com. Follow us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at our handles. But you can find us at gridironicon.com, where we are celebrating every level of football from Pop Warner up. And as we teased a little bit this week, we're going to move into an interview format with coaches and players as we get our feet on this podcast. And we're very excited for some of the people that we're starting to talk to. We're going to bring in icons of the game and give all of us an opportunity to get to know them as people and what inspires them about the game and how they would inspire younger players. So thanks again, Andy, this week. For all those listening, follow us at gridironicon.com where you can find more information. And my friend, I will see you next week.